And so, Maggie, what's your last name so I can say it correctly? Kim Burl. Kim Burl. Mm-hmm. Burl. Kim, Kim Burl. Burl. Like like a barrel of bourbon, but Kim Kim in front of it, right? Well, not barrel, but Kim Burl. Kim Burl. Kim Burl. <laughs> Kim Burl. <laughs> Southern. Okay. Burl. Okay. We'll say it, we'll say it like I'm from Barstown, right? Kim That's Burl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't pronounce your vowels. We don't. <laughs> From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Bringing to you the best stories from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny. We're back with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit. Oh man, I just threw that one up. <laughs> That's good for the believers. <laughs> and we're back with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit podcast. My name is Kenny, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going today, buddy? Good man. Uh, spring is here finally and, uh, getting to enjoy some nice weather. I'm excited for our talk today. Talk to Maggie. Uh, you know, growing up in Bardstown, you drinking bourbon was almost like a, my old man, grandpa's, you know, kind of drink and my men's drink. So I'm kind of interested to talk to her and get, you know, the woman's side of women's side of, uh, you know, the bourbon industry and everything. Yeah. It's definitely been something that it's, it's been more of a custom as of late that, you know, I guess I could say that we've, we've talked to a lot of guests in the past and a lot of guests so far have talked about how bourbon has always been that not even bourbon, maybe it's even rye too, that if you're drinking bourbon, or you're drinking rye, you already have one foot in the grave and one, the other foot's about to follow very soon. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, is that it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a changing dynamic right now that it's switching around. Now we've got 20 and 30 year olds drinking it like ourselves. Yep. But not only that, you've got women drinking it as well. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely very honored and glad to have, uh, you know, 
Today on the podcast, we've got Maggie Kim Burrell, right? You got it right. Oh, I Kim said Burrell. it right. I said it right. <laughs> and so we were going beforehand. I was like, is it like barrel with a burl? But yeah. But now we got it. Now we got it. It always throws me off when people get my name right on the first try because I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> So good. So, so Kim, you know, we have, or, you know, we have you on, t- or Maggie. All right. Sorry. sorry same I get Kim that now. a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured I was like, I was, I'm mixing it up now. So, so Maggie, let's get your story. So how'd you get into bourbon in the first place? Yeah. What was like your first bottle or like got you in that? You know? Well, you know, being from Kentucky, I don't really have a, a memory of what my first bourbon was or anything <laughs> like that. Bourbon's just kind of part of our, our culture and our heritage here. And so, you know, I was always kind of a casual, yeah, you got bourbon, sure, I'll drink it, whatever. (laughs) Um, But really what happened for me was my transition back into the workforce after staying home with kids. I was a stay-at-home mom for three years with my my two boys. And my transition back in the workforce was actually working at a liquor store. And so we had all kinds of, you know, master distiller tastings and bottle signings and all that kind of stuff. And uh, this is actually one of my favorite stories to tell because it really speaks to um, the uniqueness of the bourbon industry. Uh, we had a tasting one night. Uh, Jim Rutledge from Four Roses was in our store, and it mm-hmm. was Derby Week. It was crazy busy. I kept trying to make my way over to the table to do the tasting because, you know, I always like to do the tastings and talk to the people. Was when it was like a first date? You're, like, trying to, like, sneak up to yeah, them? No, like, well, hey, no, hey, no. Jim, it's, going? No, it's, it's one of those things, you know, like, even people who work in the liquor store have continuing education opportunities, and you, you're trying to better yourself and get better at your job and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of more of that along that line. But it was so busy, I didn't make it over to the table. And then he was packing up, and he was getting ready to go, and I had to go on break. And I was like, oh, well, bummer. I didn't get to do the tasting. I really wanted to try that Four Roses stuff. And so I went back in the break room, and I sat down, started eating my lunch. And the next thing I know, Jim Rutledge comes through the door with bottles in one hand and cups in the other hand and sits down, and he goes, you didn't get to do my tasting. And I was like, no, I didn't. (laughs) And so he sits down, he starts pouring me shots of bourbon and teaching me how to do like the proper tasting technique and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I like to tell people that wasn't my first experience with bourbon, but that was the moment when I started caring about bourbon. Is that, is that aha moment, right? Exactly. And you know, the people in the bourbon industry are really passionate about what they do. And Jim Rutledge taking the time out to spend with somebody who works in a liquor store to sit down and be like, Hey, you know, I have this product and I'd like you to try it. That's what makes the bourbon industry unique because the people have so much passion about it. So if you worked in a liquor store, I guess, do you, you kind of see maybe the, the distillers and the master distillers actually come to liquor stores kind of like maybe dying off a little bit as, as bourbon's kind of growing that, that to think that like, well, maybe we don't have to do these things anymore. I don't see that at all in the bourbon industry. And obviously, you know, I haven't worked in the liquor store for a couple of years now, um, but I still, you know, I, I'm still very aware. My what I do in my writing, I write the bourbon news for Louisville.com. Oh yeah, let's and let's talk about that job back, too. Let's, <laughs> let's let's back up a little. That, bit. That's mainly why we're talking right now. So you know, I really keep on top of what's going on in the bourbon Louisville world specifically. You know, and I pay attention to things that are going on elsewhere. You know, even in other countries and other states and all that kind of stuff. But mostly, I'm all about Louisville bourbon culture. And so there's still a lot of times when they'll do tastings or master distillers will stop by, you know, um, Westport Whiskey and Wine has one coming up in a few weeks. 
Um, they do them at Cox's where I worked, um, you know, usually around Derby week. Um, that's one of the things that I think is really interesting about the, the bourbon industry. The people are really passionate about it and I don't see it dying off anytime soon. You know, I go to events multiple times every month, you know, maybe two, three, four times a week, sometimes even during really busy weeks. And there are always master distillers there. There are always brand ambassadors there. You know, I walk into Haymarket and I'll see people that I know. I'll walk into Bourbon's Bistro and I see people I know. So, you know, it's the people in the industry are passionate enough that I don't think they're going to stop showing up. Yeah, and they're very accommodating. Just they're very, for, yes. from the working and or developing this podcast, you know, uh, reaching they out to people. To I thought this was going to be really tough, but they're like, no, we want to talk. You they know, let's- want to talk to you. They want to accommodate you. They they understand that there's this thirst for knowledge right now, and they're very willing to be to be forthcoming and to share that. So, if you're dealing a lot with bourbon culture in Louisville, how have you seen the growth? If you could say of your article since when you first started it up until now, or maybe not article, but I don't know. How you, I don't know how you say it. In the, well, the I mean, you're following, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're following. Well, yeah. And I mean, I've really only been doing the bourbon news for Louisville.com for maybe about a year and a half. So ha- relatively speaking, I haven't been doing it that long. Put it this way. It's um, longer than our podcast. So you're beating <laughs> us, right? That's certainly true. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like people were very... Um, people really wanted the information and there weren't a whole lot of people giving the information out. So I kind of saw, saw it as an opportunity to fill a need. So there are people who do bourbon, you know, bourbon blogs and there are people who write bourbon news for newspapers and stuff like that. But at, at the time that I started, there was nobody who was dedicated exclusively to telling people what was going on in the Louisville bourbon culture. And so I kind of saw that as an opportunity to get in there and find, you know, find a way to get this news to people because bourbon is really important for our economy right now. Absolutely. Uh, it's very, very big. You I mean, know, I- we had, we had coal, we had tobacco, those things are kind of going away a little bit. And distilling is actually our biggest industry in the state of Kentucky right now. And the culture that comes along with it is a lot more fun than the coal culture. I would, I would think yeah. so. It's, it's, it's much more to celebrate. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> or easier to celebrate. So, you know, it's, it, I, I was fulfilling a need that people had because people want to go to events and people still to this day are like, Hey, what's going on this week? And, you know, I don't approach it that way. I kind of go, you know, on a week-by-week basis. I know what's going on. But if you ask me what's going on in three weeks, I I haven't gotten to that yet because (laughs) there's just so much going on, I can't. It almost feels like how the Prince concerts came on, right? It's like like everything's like... It's like, we'll tell you on Monday what's happening by Friday and Saturday, (laughs) right? It's like, it's like, we don't, we don't know what's happening like a month from now because it's, it's very volatile because it's still a very small business, right? It's it's nothing that people can plan out months in advance. Exactly. Well, and there, there are certain events, you know, like the Bourbon Classic is a really great event. They plan that out, you know, a year in advance and they were barely over capacity this year. For the, for the event space, which is just fascinating and fabulous for their third year. They put on a really great event, you know, and there are all kinds of events that go on that are huge major events, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival and the Bourbon Affair and all that kind of stuff. And those are the big events that are planned way out in advance. But then, you know, the other smaller events like the, the Master Distiller Tastings, those are still planned, you know, a month in advance. They might, they might not uh, announce it 
or advertise it or very advertise well. it very well. And that's kind of where I come in because I'm going to all these websites and all these social media sites and saying, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then, you know, yeah, people need to know about this and kind of getting it out there. So there's, there's definitely a need. People want to go to these events and they just need a way to find them. Yeah, I think just in this day and age, I think with Twitter and everything, we're just all starving for content. Like yes. we're always refreshing our feeds, looking for and the thing about the bourbon industry, you know, it's we're always looking for release, we're always looking for new information. If right. we can get on top of it, it it makes us feel like important or connected to the brand even more. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one of the things that you see with um, you know, doing what I do. And I, I should mention I do this part time, you know, so that's kind of why another reason why I'm that's not too. always a hundred percent yeah, I mean <laughs> That we're, we're all doing this as a passion because we love bourbon and we love Kentucky and, and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that you see is this mad rush to be the first person to publish. And, you know, I try not to fall into that trap too much because I feel like most of the stuff that I cover is uh, I'm going to be one of the only people covering it anyway. Right. right. Um, but you know, when, when something big happens, there's always this mad dash to be the first person to break the news. Yeah, for sure. Like I found out about some Elijah Craig barrel proof being released and I was like, Ooh, I want to be the first one to, to tell about it. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't manage to find any of that, but I'm it was also, tough. yeah, I'm, I'm also not a bottle chaser. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, I kind of can I kind of have a little bit, not disdain, but kind of distaste for bottle chasers because working at the liquor store, um, You'd hate us, then. Oh, yeah. Because the word pursuit really gives away, Yeah. Well, one of the things that happens a lot is, you know, people, as soon as they get into bourbon, the first thing they do is they walk into the liquor store and they say, do you have any pappy? And I'm like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's on on the shelf. Go find it. I know, right? I'm, I'm looking around going, it's... It's um, it's March. Why would we have Pappy right now? <laughs> you know, so it's like there's it's twenty percent off. Well, can you, can you and the that? thing is, you know, the my argument was always there are so many <coughs> bottles of bourbon on the shelf right now that are fabulous. There is oh, yeah. no need to go chasing something special because every bottle of bourbon on the shelf is special. Yeah, and you were talking about beforehand about the the bottle and bonds uh you know yes. the, the serious bourbon drinkers realize that you get really well, you good know, value it, there you get really excited about the special releases and i would have loved to get the elijah craig barrel proof i love barrel proof offerings i'm really you know i'm really excited about any new barrel proof that comes out and i'm excited to try them um you know bookers is one of my favorites the only bottle that i've ever pursued store to store though i will tell you this is um the 25th anniversary bookers oh, oh nice I, and i did finally get a bottle of that but that's that's the only one that i <clears throat> thought was worthy of of the pursuit of so my time so you're not going to chase down any southern wine spirits trucks no <laughs> no and people do that like when i worked at the liquor store we had to have security sitting on the trucks when they would deliver pappy because people would try to steal out of the back of the truck I know, you know a, just, a few crazy insane. guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but, you know, it is what it is. Those weirdos. But, yeah, once you get past that, you know, and we're very fortunate here in Kentucky. We have access to a lot of really great bourbon. But once you get past that, like, ooh, new, ooh, special, ooh, yeah. If you just want an everyday drinker, you go for the bottled and bond. That's what the people in the know drink. You know, right. my favorite bottled and bond is JTS Brown. Um, it's a Heaven Hill product, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I just really <clears throat> like the history behind the label. You know, I think it's I think it's a neat story. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the history behind it. So, with the bottled and bond, I mean, it's it's always gonna be hundred proof. Yeah, it's guaranteed. 
basically all, by the government yeah. somewhat. I don't know. We can put quotation marks around it. It's but. probably less guaranteed by the government these days. <laughs> but, what you know, that was one of the first Consumer Protection Acts. So the fir- before you had any sort of food or, or consumer protection, um, they passed laws to protect bourbon because, you know, there were some – rectifiers who are mixing some not so great things into your bourbon, battery acid, iodine, prune juice, tobacco juice, you know, whatever they could get their hands on to make it. It gives it a taste nice great. caramel color. Exactly. <laughs> not that flavor. Little that battery color. acid for the burn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know brings, so, me, brings me home. So that was that was one of the first consumer protections was the bottled in bond act. So it guarantees basically that your bourbon was made in the same distillery, in the same season, it's aged at least four years. Um, you know, it can be, you know, something like Henry McKenna bottled and bond is 10 years, which is, I think, more rare than the four-year bottled and bond. Um, it's 100 proof, all made in the same distillery. And you know, I, I don't know if I covered all of the, the points. I was just kind of shooting from the hip on that, that one. That was but. close enough. I think, <laughs> I think we got a, got a pretty good... So, you know, bottled and bond is... I think it was seen as kind of a value brand for a long time, but it is a really good value. You know, you get a bottled and bond. Uh, my JTS Brown, I think, is fourteen bucks for a seven fifty, mm-hmm. and then it goes up to like old granddad bottled and bond, which I think is maybe around twenty bucks, twenty 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 two bucks. And that's that's one of the things that I mean, even if it's bottled and bond, so you're already getting a hundred proof, yep. which is sometimes it's already maybe ten and or twenty proof above some of the bourbons that people are chasing for. Yep. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing. Is that you're you're getting more bang for your buck? Well, you say bang yeah. for your buck. I don't know. You kind of go back to that old Saturday Night Live uh, sketch that said, um, oh, "What was it? Uncle Jemima's pure mash liquor." Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> you know, you I don't think I no, saw that. that. He said he's like it's 140 proof. Oh, goes, well, what that mean? That means you get bit for less money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it, I mean, if you're if you're really going for the high proofs, you got to go for the barrel proofs. But you know, I, I think a hundred proof is a good standard to start with. No, um, I, I think it's very good, especially for those. You know, we've always talked about the uh, the coming of age drinkers, right? How we all kind of started mixing, and then you drink it on the rocks, and then you you kind of or you mix it a little bit less, and then you you kind of start getting rid of the rocks, or maybe mm-hmm. one ice cube, and then you start drinking it straight. And then that's exactly the point where you start saying, all right, hey, we'll, we'll step it up and proof. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a bottle and bond. Yeah. And then eventually you'll make yourself way to barrel proof. And then, and then once that heartburn goes away, you're ready to start <laughs> <laughs> taking it on big boy style. It's called the Kentucky hug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. 
Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's point of sale Go Mobile device for a battle tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So let's talk about some other like articles that you write for, for Louisville.com. So do you cover events? Do you cover um, any other thing? I mean, I guess you really don't want to go for releases, right? Because the rele- releases are, there's plenty of blogs do, out there. Well, yeah, I, I do sometimes. It, it just really depends on what's going on. You know, if it's kind of a slow bourbon news week and I get a press release about something came out, I'll, I'll definitely write that up. But there, there's enough going on most times. Um, you know, Louisville.com is mostly about what to do in Louisville. So I mostly cover events. Um, you know, I, I go to a lot of whiskey chicks events. Um, they're doing a great new tasting series now about world whiskeys. So we did one last week that was uh, scotch and Irish whiskey, which was fabulous because, um, I didn't really have much experience with those things. Um, then you've got all the Filson bourbon Academy, bourbon salon, you know, all the Filson stuff is fabulous. Um, you know, of course, I was covering the the Bourbon Classic. Um, this was my second year covering the Bourbon Classic, which was awesome. If you haven't been, I I highly recommend that event. Um, you know, so yeah, I mostly cover all these great events that are going on in Louisville, and sometimes I'll go and do a distillery visit and and you know write a write a review of a distillery or something like that. And then also I do you know top ten cocktails for new year's eve or I bet you those have to be the biggest hits things that anything that says like top 10 yeah anything, that's, right? that's what we refer to as clickbait and you know <laughs> you, you have to have yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have Numbers. to have stuff like that because you know that's kind of what gets people interested when they're not really interested in bourbon and you're trying to get them interested in bourbon you do something like that and then they go oh oh yeah bourbon bourbon's pretty cool you know and so it kind of draws them in a little bit um, and, and then, you know, like I had one last week, which was a travel itinerary. If you're going to visit bourbon country for the weekend. And, you know, the way that I came up with the idea for that was people tweet me all the time. Hey, I'm coming to bourbon country. Any, anything I need to see. And I always say, DM me your email address and I will send you a list. And I will literally send people pages of links and go here and do this. And if you like this, you have to check this. And Copy, just like, paste. Well, you know, I, and, well, and that was that was kind of the aha moment. I was like, you know what? I just need to write an article so I can yeah. just send people a link to the article. And then it's all right there. So that's, you know... I, there's a lot of variation in what I write, but it's mostly about what to do. Well, let's talk about that, that what to do. So I guess if, if somebody wants to come into Louisville and they want to get the bourbon experience and they want the, the Maggie K 
Uh, stamp of stamp approval. Of <laughs> top ten what, things to do in Louisville exactly. for bourbon drinkers. What would you recommend? I guess let's talk. So talk the itinerary that I put together in my post last week was basically um, so for starters, you want to stay at one of the major bourbon hotels. So I didn't put the East End. There's the Marriott East out here. That is the only bourbon themed hotel. It's a fabulous place. They have a fabulous kitchen. But if you're coming in from out of town, you kind of don't want to drive all the way from the East End to downtown. So that's kind of why I, I, I omitted that one. But it is a really neat place to stay if you're going to do the rest of bourbon country. If you want to get the Louisville bourbon experience, you want to stay at the Seelbach, at the Brown, at 21C, one of those great places that we have downtown. Um, the, another tip that I like to give people is mint julep tours. I love mint julep tours. Um, they have a lot of different tours that you can take. You can make up your own. Um, and it's just, it's really nice to have a bus. A sober driver. A sober driver. <laughs> well, and that that's something that I think people don't understand. It's not like visiting Napa Valley and going yeah. to all the wineries. There's not a winery right one after another. Each, yeah. You're traveling like There's a lot miles. of travel time and there's a lot of restriction on, on what you're able to drink at, at the places. So you're not going to get completely hammered doing distillery tours for a day. You could, if you worked at it, you know, and that's, you know, I, I've got tips for that. If you want to, if you want to tweet me, but, um, but yeah, I love mint julep tours because I think it's a lot more fun to, and, and you want to have a group together when you do something like that. If it's just two people, there's no reason to get on a bus. Just get in your car and drive around. It's it's cool. You're going to be fine, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Mitchell um, tours. If you have a group of you know four, six, eight, even you know even more than that, twenty people, they can accommodate a lot of different sizes of groups. And um, it's nice to be able to enjoy the scenery and enjoy each other's company. And you know you can get up and move around the bus. And oh, you don't want. I don't want to sit next to Kenny anymore. I'm going to go <laughs> sit over here. You know. I smell some. <laughs> So it's nice to have those options, um, and they do a really great job. The tour bus drivers, um, Larry is one of my favorite human beings on on earth. So Mendulip Tours, if if you want to, you know, really do it upright. Otherwise, it, it's perfectly doable to to drive, you know, a couple, two or three distilleries in a day if you do the right, you know, the right areas. So what I recommend is a day of distillery tours. Out in the out in the state, and then a day in Louisville where you're doing the Urban Bourbon Trail. So we've got like I think 36 restaurants and bars on the Urban Bourbon Trail now, and you can get a passport. That's definitely stepped up from I think the 10 it was a yeah, few was, years ago yeah, when I remember doing 10 it. 10 when it started out, they're up to I think 36 now, 36, 37 now, and I think you only have to have six stamps in your passport to get a t-shirt. Well, that's good because I would think if you needed to have 36 drinks, that's going to be quite a long day. That's a lot. Well, of, that's a big bar tab for a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, but it's, it's nice to have those options that you can go a lot of different places on the urban bourbon trail and you can, you can tailor it to, you know, the fanciest, most gourmet places or the kind of dive bars, which is kind of where you're going to find me, like Haymarket. <laughs> you know, like what are the kind of everybody? A lot of people know about Haymarket already. Do you know any kind of other dive bars or any kind of like very good bourbon bars that maybe a lot of people can't Google about? Well, you know, that would probably be some of the places that are not on the Urban Bourbon Trail because you know, obviously, those are already you know they've made their names for themselves. I like Haymarket a lot, and you know, I think 
that Matt does a fabulous job. Um, but I also like Match Cigar Bar across the river in Jeffersonville. Um, I also like to smoke cigars sometimes with my bourbon. Man, nice. alive. And so. <laughs> what a catch over here, right? They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have a really fat, uh, their bartender is a really great guy named Jinx and he makes some great cocktails. They've got a great bourbon selection. Yeah, I heard they have a really good old fashioned. Yeah, yes. I've had Jinx's old fashioned and it is fabulous. Um, so that's, that's a spot that's not on the urban bourbon trail that I happen to like a whole lot. Um, I'm trying to think where else. Oh, well, you know, the tasting room at Westport Whiskey and Wine is a hidden gem out here in the East End. It really um, is. They have a liquor. You can go in and get a drink and he has probably, I don't know, 50 to 100 bottles. I, I only see the ones that are on the shelf. I assume he has more somewhere else, but you would think so. He's got bottles upon bottles upon, and he's got everything from, you know, the, the awful stuff that you don't even want to drink to the really great stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So, um, that, that's a nice little hidden gem. Um, then there's, um, taste on Frankfurt. Taste fine wine and spirits. Taste fine wine and spirits. You can go in there and have, um, what they call a lady pour, which I'm not, I'm not super crazy about. But, you know, there are lots of little hidden gems all over Louisville, lots of places where you can get great bourbon. Um, and, and one of the things that I like um, that we're doing as a community now is we're starting to educate the people on the front lines who are selling the whiskey. So they know if you walk into in, any place in Louisville, there's going to be somebody there. You know, within the next few years, there's going to be somewhere somebody there anywhere you go in Louisville who knows about bourbon. And there's already, you know, most places you walk in, especially urban bourbon trail places, you're going to find somebody who knows about bourbon. But we're getting to the point now where it needs to be everybody. I, I definitely see that as as we're growing, uh, a lot of the demand's growing as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get away from that. But, you know, as demand's growing, people are coming here and they expect that. Yes. They, they definitely expect that when they come to a bar and they say, like, Maybe not giving your finest bourbon on the menu because finest is, of course, we said earlier, very subjective. Subjective, yes. right? Uh, I could, I could like Heaven Hill White Label, and you could like Pappy Van Winkle. It really doesn't matter, right? right. But I, if I, I own the bar, I'm going to tell you Pappy because it's, it's about thirty dollars. <laughs> Whatever has the best markup <laughs> yeah, is the best. <laughs> exactly. Can't get away from that. All right, so we're, you know we're kind of at the top a little bit, but I kind of want to talk about you know a little bit about the women in whiskey product. You kind of talked about it earlier. You, you kind of gave them a jab at at, at at the whiskey or the lady whiskey shots, lady pours, the lady pours yeah. a little bit earlier. So let's talk about what it is to be a, a woman in this world where uh, now women are really starting to get into it. You know, I think it's more of a perception thing, honestly, um, for at least from where I'm sitting. Because when I worked at the liquor store, um, it was a liquor store smoke shop. So I sold cigars as well. And it was all run by women and staffed by women. You know, we had men working there, but the women who were in charge and the women who were doing the frontline work, that, well, they, they were women, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, you know, it, it's kind of strange to me to hear people say, oh, women doing these things, it's all brand new. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Where have you been? (laughs) Um, And that's, I think that's kind of one of the arguments that Fred Minnick set forth in Whiskey Women, his book about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, women have been heavily involved in distilling 
from the beginning of time. You know, women made the beer, women ran the stills, women, you know, there were women who owned scotch distilleries and Irish whiskey distilleries, you know, a hundred plus years ago. And so, you know, I think probably at least a little bit of it is a fairly recent social construct. Um, there were women who were working in bourbon distilleries, but, uh, you know, one of the, one of the women that Fred Minnick talks about a lot is, um, a woman who worked at LeBro and Graham, I believe, and mm-hmm. she was on track to be a master distiller and she couldn't be a master distiller because women were not allowed to wear pants and the floors were slatted steel and they were afraid people were going to be looking up her skirt when she was climbing up the stairs. I guess that well, capris weren't in style back capris then. Capris were not <laughs> oh, in style back man. then, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, I think that women have always been present in the whiskey industry, just maybe not, um, they weren't, they, yeah, they weren't at the forefront. They maybe weren't advertising it as much, but now we live in an age where, you know, we've got, you know, Marianne Barnes is going to be running her own distillery here pretty soon. She was in line to take over from Chris Morris and she actually left to go to a different distillery. Uh, was it old Taylor? Old Taylor. Yeah, old that's Taylor. right. Um, you know, you've got like, um, the people over at Michter's, um, mm-hmm. Pam Heilman and Andrea Wilson, um, they're really, you know, they're running the show for the most part um, over there at Michter's as far as the distilling and the marketing go. Um, there are a lot of women in very prominent positions in the whiskey industry. And Diageo too, right? Is there someone at Diageo, a woman that runs Diageo for the bourbon? I could be wrong. I thought it's on well, the tales and- of the Andrea, still. Andrea Wilson was at at Diageo. Okay. And then she moved over to Michter's. Gotcha. Okay. Um, there may be somebody else and I'm just not, you know, keeping up with, you know, who's going where because there, there's so much, you know, there's so much going on in bourbon. It's hard to keep it all straight, but you know, there are a lot of prominent women in, you know, in very high up positions in the bourbon industry. And it's also becoming, more common for women to be whiskey drinkers. And I, I also, you know, this is another area where I'm like, I think it's mostly perception and a social construct that women were not drinking whiskey before, you know, there were definitely women drinking, maybe their husbands were buying it and they were, (laughs) you know, maybe not openly drinking it, but I, I truly believe that women have always been drinking whiskey as long as whiskey has been around. Um, especially, you know, when, when whiskey was, was medicine, Everybody, even the kids were drinking it probably, you know? Um, so, but it's, it's definitely a, a lot more open now and a lot less shocking now, I would say. Right. Yeah. I think there, there might be a gap too. Cause I know my grandparents, my grandmother, they would always drink highballs, you know, mm-hmm. but like my mother and that, they yeah, were there a lot like of, a lot vodka of vodka only, you know, beers, nothing, yeah. no whiskey. But now as in our social setting, uh, my wife hasn't jumped on board yet, <laughs> but uh, well, a lot of her, her friends hang, are. Have dr- her come hang out with yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's pregnant right now, so okay. we'll give her time. <laughs> see, you nine, see you in nine months. Yeah, okay. see you in nine months. But yeah, just some of her friends, you know, I'll I'll know some more in old fashions or you know, mm-hmm. uh, or a Manhattan, and it's yep. like, oh, okay, cool. So yeah, I I love a good Manhattan. That's that's when I don't want to think about it, I get a bullet rye Manhattan. I like the high rye rye Manhattans. Yeah. I like ryes and cocktails myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a good choice. Well, so we'll finish it up. If you're going to drink bourbon, how do you drink it on the rocks straight? How do you do it? It depends on the bourbon. <laughs> um, most of the time I'm going to drink it neat. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, Maggie, we definitely appreciate you being on the show. If somebody wants to get in contact with you to ask you any kind of questions about anything, how do they do that? The easiest way to find me is on Twitter at LouGirl502. I've also got a website, LouGirl502.com. Um, and you can find my articles on Louisville.com. And, but the best way to get me is going to be on Twitter at LouGirl502. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again for once being on the show. We definitely appreciate it. Definitely. First time, I think, first woman on the show, right? So we Sorry. definitely, we're, we're, breaking, we're breaking grounds here. Right? Breaking, shattering the glass ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, fantastic. Yep. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to follow us, make sure you do so on Instagram and Twitter at Bourbon Pursuit. Yeah, uh, any feedback, suggestions, comments, uh, just let us know how we're doing. Uh, we want to get better with each show. So uh, we appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.